Welcome to The Forest and the Trees, Global and Local Perspectives on the Environment, with your host, Melinda Tuhus. My guest today is Sikawis Nobis, an Indigenous woman who grew up in Saskatchewan, Canada, and has lived in Iowa for the past 15 years. She founded the Great Plains Action Society to bring Indigenous folks in Iowa together to work on issues important to Native people. Our focus was the discovery of hundreds of human remains on the grounds of so-called residential Indian schools in the U.S. and Canada. Children died from abuse and neglect as well as lethal violence. Right after our interview, the news reported that Canada was marking its first annual National Day for Truth and Reconciliation to honor residential school survivors, their families, and those who never returned home. So welcome to the show, Sikawis. Uh, thank you for having me. So you mentioned that you're actually from Canada. Can you just start by doing a sort of a broad brush outline of this issue as it relates to both countries in terms of uh, some of the discoveries recently? And, and, and then I also want to talk about the government response in both cases. Yeah, um, well, firstly, um, I'm Plains Cree Salto of the George Gordon First Nation. Um, and I uh, grew up uh, in Winnipeg uh, and uh, spent time at my reserve in Saskatchewan. And I've been living in Iowa City for 15 years. So um, I feel like, yeah, I do have experiences on both sides um, of, of the border. And um, basically uh, what's happened here uh, in the U.S. and in Canada uh, is an attempt to uh, assimilate uh, and annihilate, um, assimilate uh, uh, people to, uh, you know, uh, the British imperialist uh, ideology um, of what civilization is, and then also to annihilate uh, any Indigenous culture that would get in the way of that uh, process of assimilation. I think it's, it was earlier in the summer, I can't remember exactly when, I, I think the order was finding out about some schools in in British Columbia and then in other parts of Canada that had closed, although some not all that long ago, and the the discovery of human remains, like lots of human remains. And then the same thing happened in the U.S. at former uh, government-run schools. If you could describe, like, what were these schools and, you know, who went there? So uh, these schools were called like boarding schools in the U.S. and residential schools in Canada. And um, essentially they weren't schools. Uh, I actually call them internment camps. Um, they really were places of uh, great violence um, and, and the uh, perpetuation of genocide of Indigenous people. Really, the, the settler invaders that uh, came to these lands uh, really had no intent of truly wanting to provide, uh, you know, Indigenous people with a, a different way forward, which in itself is extremely problematic. Uh, I think that the, the real agenda... Um, as we all know, uh, based upon the millions and millions of people that were were genocided, is um, is 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 the want to exterminate exterminate us. Like the process of colonization uh, is to to take land uh, and the resources of that land, and in the process mitigate the local population with whatever means is necessary. And so. Uh, that was really uh, the real goal of of these schools, and they did uh, horrific things to children. 
So even though it might be hard to hear, can you talk about some of those things that were done to these children? Absolutely. These uh, religious uh, entities uh, allowed for sick people to perpetuate sexual abuse, physical abuse, uh, mental abuse, uh, all very torturous things. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and then it, when they wanted to hide something, they just, just murdered these children. Um, even, even infants, you know, because there would be uh, sometimes uh, babies born uh, due to the, you know, the molestation um, by priests and other, uh, you know, people that in these, within these schools. And uh, if they didn't want to have to deal with that, they just simply murdered these, these babies. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a very serious issue. Um, and it, it blows my mind that uh, these, both these countries uh, can't seem to, to come to terms with it. Uh, they want to whitewash what's happened greatly. Uh, in Canada, for instance, um, they did put forward a Truth and Reconciliation Commission uh, to deal with these things 10 to 15 years ago. They allowed for testimony. They uh, allowed for, you know, all sorts of cultural activities. Uh, you know, they, they put a lot of money into therapy, education, um, all these aspects of what, like, you know, reconciliation would look like. Uh, and they, they told the truth, so they said about what happened you know they tried to take accountability or they looked like they were taking accountability for like what they did the one thing that you know that the indigenous people were asking for was like for them to sonar the grounds and to find the bodies um and they refused to do that they said it was too expensive at the time to be honest it's really not that expensive to do that and uh i think that they didn't want to do it because they just they that's the one thing that really I guess, like, uh, solidifies the horrific acts that they allowed um, the these churches to perpetuate. And so now, you know, it is coming to light because, you know, such evil never really goes away and it always comes back in some way and it's coming back by. So, like, they tried to hide this. You know, they, they didn't want this to be to be known. They didn't want to bring all these bodies out. And then, you know, they, now what now? But it happened anyway, is what I'm trying to say. I think that no matter how hard you try to, like, hide something like that, it's just going to come out somehow. And so right now, um, you know, it's coming to light that there were so many bodies that were like just hidden and, 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 and like, you know, just left there and like uh, uh, thrown unceremoniously into the, the cold ground. And so um, that 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 here we are. We're here now and people are being re-traumatized and um, it's, it's a very difficult time in all of our communities because of it. And um, the, the government uh, and the, uh, the Christian uh, the Christianity are to blame. Was there a difference in who was running these schools in Canada and the U.S.? I know there were some religious schools in the U.S., but there were also some just government run schools, right? Like the Carlisle school, was that a religious school? The one in Pennsylvania? It's all religious. I mean, when you think about it, all of these schools were essentially started by, you know, some type of religious ideology in the first place. So regardless of whether or not it was government run, there was still religion within the school. It was like a religious fundamentalism actually. And, uh, and yeah, the majority of them were definitely very, very, they had a huge religious, like, you know, aspect to it. Like, 
if anything, when it comes to talking about these schools, the one thing that I always want to say to people is you can't not talk about the problem of Christianity. Like we have a white Christian problem in this country. We have a white Christian problem throughout the whole entire world. Um, Christianity like that evolved out of Europe is the most uh, scary and like a uh, horrific thing that's ever um, existed for indigenous peoples uh, everywhere. And I call Christianity actually a cancer or a virus that has gone uh, and made its way throughout like this entire you know world um, and and uh, created like a suffering for you know just like countless countless uh, people um, and that's essentially what um, how it happened here um, uh, these it, it varied um, you know people are you know talking a lot about Catholicism about Catholics right now but uh, you know there were all sorts of denominations like all the way down to like even Quakers. Quakers were even, you know, responsible for these horrific acts, if you can believe that. So there's really, you know, I don't think there's really any like Christian denomination that isn't uh, that isn't guilty of this. Do you know more any more about the the U.S. government response to the discovery of these um, big numbers of? Uh... Mm hmm. So the U.S. government, I mean, there's, there's been nothing, there's, there's been no searches done here, really. I mean, well, there, I mean, there was, but it's not done by the government itself. You know, like there was bodies found recently in Nevada, I think about 200. Uh, I think it's Nevada Industrial School. I think that it, it's called that, but I think there's about 350 schools in over 350 schools in the U.S. And like none of, none of them are being searched by the, by the government. There is no, there's no truth and reconciliation plan here. There's never been any type of attempt by the U.S. government to, to do something even close to what Canada had done. And it's only because I think of the recent uh, blow up in Canada that the, the U.S. government felt a need to respond. Um, and so because we do have um, uh, Indigenous uh, Secretary of the Interior now, Deb Haaland, um, I think that's really the the one thing that has brought us to move towards that. So um, recently she announced that she will like um, implement uh, a truth and healing commission. And uh, I haven't heard anything since. Um, and I mean, this has been talked about, of course. I mean, indigenous people have been pushing for this for many years. So it's not like it hasn't been attempted. It's not like native people here are like, oh, you know, they don't care or whatever. I mean, they do, they deeply care um, because, you know, all of us um, know somebody uh, like, and have a, or have a close family member that was in one of these schools, right? And so, um, you know, the, the US is just a very different type of government. Um, the U.S. is, is I mean, let's be honest, like right now, this <laughs> the governments all over uh, the U.S., like I think 18 states have banned critical race theory, right? So like that's a very, very um, obvious statement uh, to the world that they don't want to know the real history. Um, they want to whitewash the past and they just want to forget like what they did. Um, yet, you know, like people my age were in these schools still. So my cousins were, my, my school in Canada was the longest, um, or, or not my school, but my, my reservation school, uh, Gordon, um, uh, Gordon Indian School was the longest running school in, uh, in Canada. Uh, it, it didn't uh, get shut down till the 90s. 
Um, so my cousins attended it. My auntie attended it. My grandmother attended it. You're listening to Indigenous activist Sikawis Novis talking about the horrific practice in both the U.S. and Canada of removing Native children from their families and often brutally trying to take the Indian out of the child. Did it change at all from, you know, the more distant past till the, till the last ones closed or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, because I mean, with, uh, you know, with, with uh, the civil rights movement and with more laws uh, protecting people, you know, and then more uh, paper trails. I mean, like you can't just murder people in the nineties, right? Like, you know, and get away with it. Like, it's just, that doesn't work. So yeah, no, there wasn't like straight up murder happening at these schools. Uh, but there, there was abuse. So just um, my understanding, at least, at least in the early days, and you can say if it was right up until the 90s, that uh, Indian families really didn't have a choice about this. Is that right? They were either, I mean, they took the children and they, the families who might not want to let their children go were, were somehow threatened to Oh, yeah. No, I mean, they were they were either like uh, they were even murdered sometimes, you know, they would just take the kids um, and uh, they yeah, they didn't have a choice. I mean, they, they just physically took the children. They, they didn't ask them. They didn't threaten them. They just took them. Um, and then also it was, you know, obviously, too, in, back in the 90s, like, I mean, this is the latest one, though. So let's just say back in the 70s and 80s, you know what I mean? Like, um, it was it was very much a threat in a way, too. And then also, like, you know, people did have a choice, but then like that choice, the choices are very limited because, you know, where else are you going to go? if That's the only school on the reservation. Yeah. So I know, I think the motto of the school in Carlisle, which I think was the biggest in the U.S. or certainly the most famous, was um, to kill the Indian to save the man. Mm -hmm. In other words, to basically, uh, well, and you're talking about, you know, and we see from all the, all the uh, remains that have been found that there were many deaths, but that the idea being to basically snuff out indigeneity, but, you know, to incorporate Native people into like American society. What what do you, what's your comment about that? I I mean, it makes me angry. If you really want me to be honest, like I have a lot of rage when I think about um, what happened, um, and I feel sorrow for um, the many souls that suffered and were scared. I mean, I mean that's my comment when you want me to talk about like kill the Indian, save the man. Like, I just absolutely like, I, it's like the epitome of like, uh, the doctrine of discovery and manifest destiny. Like it really does epitomize, uh, that ideology that, uh, settler invaders came into this country with. So what would you like to see and your, your organization, uh, happen uh, as a result of these discoveries happening now? Um, I would like to see, uh, a lot more resources, uh, put towards this work, you know, and I, I'd like to see reparations. You know, I, I think that truth and reconciliation is too weak of a, too weak of a, of a terminology. Like we need, we need reparations in there. Um, we need land back. I mean, we need, we need actual like substantial uh, moves to help deal with the situation. Um, so we like, you know, outside of like the stuff we have to do to, uh, recover, uh, the bodies and heal from all the trauma that like these boarding schools inflicted, um, we need, 
um, to deal with like the aftermath of this because these boarding schools took people out of their homes and their cultures and their environments for many generations. So many generations of people never had a proper parent. Could you imagine that? Like, 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 so how do people, how do people parent? Like, how do they, how do they figure out how to raise their children? Because one day they just like disappeared. They just closed them down and they just sent everybody out into the world. These people hadn't even been taught like a, a real education. They hadn't, they weren't taught to be lawyers or doctors or successful people in, you know, society. And this, what, what is considered successful in this society, in settler descendant society or settler invader society, you know, they were taught to be, you know, housekeepers uh, and seamstress, seamstresses and uh like laborers you know um and so and then they they were not taught how to how to like how to love and care for children because they were never loved and cared for themselves so we're dealing with like a lot of like sickness in our communities like we have the highest rates of missing and murdered uh women and girls in the country of the highest rates of youth suicide we have the highest uh rates of um of like uh, certain sicknesses like diabetes um and uh like abuse rates are you know ridiculous like uh the department of justice um states that 56 percent of indigenous women will be sexually assaulted in their lifetime but when you talk to grassroots folks that they will tell you a much higher number that could be as high as 80 to 90 percent in some communities also this isn't just inflicted upon our people within our own communities by our own people i mean there's a lot of um predatory behavior um going on uh you know mostly like white men basically uh you know coming after our people um so like there's there's some serious issues that need to be dealt with um and i absolutely believe that this government is responsible for taking that on um you know i know there's a mentality here in the u.s uh that uh, you know smaller government is better um and community is responsible you know for you know fixing these issues um and and charity is responsible uh for fixing these issues but no this was a direct um a project uh implemented by the government that supported um, uh, corrupt uh, and horrific Christian ideologies um, that they need to attend to um, and and to to be sorrowful for um, and and try to fix. Um, so, for instance, with Great Plains Action Society, uh, when uh, the rematriation of nine children back to Sichangu Ayate um, Nation was 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 happening uh, from Carlisle Indian School um, this past summer, uh, we put together a rather like large event uh, in Sioux City as they came through in their caravan, like going going west, um, and uh, we 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 hosted a, a dinner uh, and a ceremonial gathering. Uh, where we erected a teepee and and put like nine seats in in the teepee for the children um and uh and then like we had uh the next day we we had a huge uh you know gathering press conference for them to like see them off you know as they left and that cost us you know like a lot of money which is fine but like you know we weren't expecting that and we're just a small little organization that is just like you know just just getting by it actually made me angry thinking that like, you know, we had to um, figure this out on our own. Where is the support from like these larger entities? Like where's the support from even corporate America? I mean, really in this country, um, if we wanted to, like every person could live rich and happy. 
Um, and so like, there's just like absolutely no media coverage. There's absolutely no uh, reaching out from anybody to like give support for like the pain and, and like the, that we're going through. And then also to give us resources so that we can like do what we need to do. And um, people will say at a tribal level, you know, that yes, there's funding and there is, but guess what? 70% of natives don't live like on the reservation anymore. So like, that's another like skewed aspect of all of this is like there, it's like, it's, it's, it's much more complicated than people think. You're hearing indigenous activist Sikawis Nobis talking about her work focused on the discovery of hundreds of human remains around Indian schools in both the U.S. and Canada of mostly Native children who were stolen from their families. So can you just um, say a little more about your organization, the Great Plains Action Society? Mm -hmm. Yeah, tell us uh, when it was founded. I think it was in the teens. It was about five or six years ago. And, and mm -hmm. what was the basis and how, how, how big a part of your work is this work around, um, you know, uh, recovered uh, remains from from the residential schools um so after I graduated I, I got my master's here um uh in religious studies at the University of Iowa and um I was going to do my PhD actually um but I decided um it didn't it wasn't the right fit for me so um but I ended up staying uh you know in Iowa and I, st I started to realize like how bereft Iowa is of indigenous like culture uh, and peoples. Um, Iowa was a highly genocided state um, because of the farmland here. Um, it's very, it was very sought after farmland. And so like, you know, that's why you don't see like, you know, there's like much going on here um, in terms of like indigenous culture. It's not considered Indian country, right? Like um, Indian countries like South Dakota and um, North Dakota and then the Southwest and the Northwest, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, and so, you know, um, I just was like, wow, like we need more. Um, and then also this is stolen land. So like, regardless of whether we are in Indian country or not, everywhere we are on Turtle Island is stolen land. So um, I'm a Plains person myself and this is Plains land. And so I, um, I just saw a need to provide more indigenous people with an outlet to like be together and, and work together. Um, outside of a reservation or settlement status. And um, so I, I started putting these meetings together. Um, and then 2014, you know, in around 2014, I, um, I was like, I really want to do more with this. So I was trying to get people interested. It's so hard because like, we're so like far apart in the state. Um, and there's so few of us in Iowa City. And uh, eventually, um, uh, Standing Rock uh, happened, and um, people became really interested in what I was trying to do. Um, and so that that was really uh, like a huge, I guess, watershed event, you know, where um, people just got involved, and I was able to build this little organization out of it. Um, and it's so the organization was really founded on a this idea that indigenous peoples uh, need to speak up in places where they were most genocided. So like, that's, that's really the whole like aspect of it. It's very focused on climate environment uh, and social justice issues because uh, with indigenous people, you cannot like separate, you know, social justice from climate and environment issues because they're very much the same thing. With uh, the work we do regarding boarding schools, 
you know, that's just always been part of it because we, we refer back to that a lot within a lot of the stuff we do. Like when we're talking about the type of issues that we face, we obviously have spoken about what happens, what, what has happened from boarding schools, what that fallout has been. Um, but then what happened this past summer was uh, traumatic to like all of us. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you the pain that I saw and that I myself had to deal with, you know, um, when they started to uncover these bodies. Um, I have a son that passed away and like, I felt that pain like come back. Like I, I was wailing at times thinking about these children and the bodies um, and like the fact that, you know, just cause you can't help but think about like what happened to them you know, like you can't, you can't like stop seeing these little faces that were just really confused. So sorry, it's hard. Yeah, I appreciate it. I I do. I think it's oh. it is. It's horrific. It's and the more we think in turn in detail, like you're saying, um, you know, if you have a human heart. You can't help but have that kind of reaction. It's yeah. really, um, it really is awful, it's truly hideous. Um, so we we went we took action because that's what I do. That's just like how um, you know we work too. Like just all of us, like uh, Trisha, Ronnie, Jess, Mahmud. You know, like um, we're just like uh, we're small, um, but we uh, we don't give up, and we just took action, and we just took. Uh, some resources that we didn't really have and we just uh, made it happen you know and we just helped with this large event in Sioux City um, coincidentally at the same time we were hosting a youth camp called Protect the Sacred um, uh, in Sioux City just before that um, and uh, um, we uh, were it was like a, a camp dedicated to uh, uh, bringing light to uh, the missing and murdered indigenous relatives crisis and uh, focusing on children and providing them with some kind of education um, on, uh, on like how to protect themselves from sex trafficking um, and, uh, and other violent types of situations combined with um, culture. So they were setting up teepees and uh, learning how to shoot, um, you know, uh, arrows uh, and playing lacrosse uh, and doing like ledger art and all sorts of, you know, stuff that's really important uh, to our culture. And so just combining that with them learning about sex trafficking in a, obviously uh, at a child, a child's age, age an appropriate age, you know, uh, uh, age appropriate learning, sorry. Um, and so uh, yeah, we, we had just done that the week before. Uh, and then this thing came up just suddenly, you know, and we had to pivot really quickly and figure it out. But, um, you know, we're, we're still working on it. We keep count, you know, not that I think counting is necessarily helpful because there are countless children that will never be recovered. Uh, children's bodies that will never be found because they're buried somewhere very, you know, uh, remote um, children that will never be found because they were, um, uh, cremated. Um, and then just like the people that will never be counted because of suicide. Yeah, it's a pretty grim subject. Um, but I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. And I'm, I'm really glad that I found you on the internet. <laughs> um, so, 
we'll we'll send we always put a um you know contact information uh so can i the best thing is to send people to the great plains action society is that is that on the web is it go to the website or do you have is it on facebook or yeah we're we're go to greatplainsaction.org um and you can link to all of our social media sites from there Okay, great. Sakawas, thank you so much for speaking with me. And I'm sure it's not easy to keep revisiting this horrific um, history, but um, we do appreciate it. And I'm sure it'll be an important thing for our listeners to hear. So thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Forest and the Trees, Global and Local Perspectives on the Environment with your host, Melinda Tuhus. Tune in on the second Saturday of every month at 9.30 a.m. here on WPKN 89.5 FM. For more environmental news you can use.